Okay, where's the line? I thank God you're here on the line. Amen. Thank you, Resume, and uh, thank you, Pastor Jether, for leading, leading those uh, beautiful Christmas songs. I thank God for once again giving me this opportunity. As uh, we always say, we're always uh, always nervous, but uh, we always depend, you know, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and by God's grace. And uh, I thank God for your presence. I know especially those who are far away. <laughs> it's raining and they are still here. You know, Jersey City is that far. You know, I've been, I live in that place for years and years and I've been driving that route for over 20 years. I just praise and thank God for uh, those who live far, but we can see them during prayer meeting. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you once again for tonight. Lord, I'm not worthy to every time you give me the opportunity to preach, but I just rely on to your grace and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord God, I just want to ask for cleansing, and including my brethren here tonight and those who are tuned in. We ask for forgiveness, Lord. Please forgive us from our sins. Prepare our hearts, Lord God, for the message tonight. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to glorify your name tonight through those beautiful hymns and the special number and also the presence of each and every one. Lord, we just pray to God that our presence tonight will glorify your name, but most especially, Lord God, as we offer to you the preaching of your holy word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I entitled this message because we are not in we're not this in December 25 yet, right? So the question is, are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> Pastor Sam said trying. That's a good answer, I believe, because uh, you know when we ask that question, "Are you ready for Christmas?" I'm pretty sure there will be answers that. Is not connected to what Christmas really is. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. That's uh, one of my texts. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, and this verse we, it's commonly used when uh, you talk about Christmas. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. You know, when we talk about getting ready for Christmas, we automatically think of, you know, decorating our house, right? <laughs> Buying that Christmas tree or that Christmas lights. We talk about shopping, food, caroling. And preparing our house because we're going to host the Christmas party. We think and worry about our budget. We worry about our loved ones not liking our gift. 
You know, our children complaining about how old-fashioned we are as parents because we bought them the wrong gift. We worry that we might miss someone from our gift-giving list. So many things to stress us as we prepare for Christmas. And remember that question, are you ready for Christmas? And these are the most common answers that we think about. And adding to that, by the time, you know, we celebrate, we are already tired. And worst, you know, by the end of January of next year, our credit card are maxed. <laughs> That's reality. That's why some don't want to do anything with Christmas anymore, you know. They don't want the Christmas tradition, especially the commercialization of it. But listen to this. Some don't want to celebrate Christmas, but they like to receive gifts. <laughs> That's the irony. As Christians, let me remind tonight that Christmas is not about us. It's not about our worries brought about by the tradition of Christmas. By the way, when you talk about business, businesses are so busy during Christmas time. This is one of the seasons where businesses are making profit. You know, thinking of business, we can think of the innkeeper in Bethlehem at that time when the Lord Jesus Christ was about to be born. Remember in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, and she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Take note, because there was no room for them in the inn. We can assume that at this time, the inn business is making money because like Joseph and Mary, people were ordered by the Roman emperor through census to register their, their, themselves to their own hometown for what? Tax purposes. And I believe that's the reason there was no room in the inn. The inn was packed with returning people to register in Bethlehem because that's their hometown. So I believe the innkeeper, you know, missed the Christ of Christmas because business was so busy and booming that day. You see, the commercialization of Christmas in our time is concealing the real meaning of Christmas. I would rather say, I would say that Christmas is not about profit then. It's not about commodities and gifts. And I'm not saying tonight that I'm not, I'm against, you know, Christmas lights or Christmas trees or giving gifts. I'm not saying that those are bad, especially if my name is on your list, you know. <laughs> What I want to remind us tonight is that we should not miss, you know, the celebrant during Christmas. We must not miss, specifically, the Lord Jesus Christ of Christmas. 
It is a sad comment that Christmas is not about Jesus anymore. It is just a holiday. Listen to the Christmas songs that, you know, fill the shopping malls and supermarkets or that play on the radio from early morning till evening. 106.7. You know, it is very seldom you hear Christmas songs about Jesus. It is either about Santa, you know, Rodolph, <laughs> and secular songs that has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. And here is the irony. The celebration of Christmas removed the celebrant. How do you feel when your family and friends like to celebrate your birthday, but they don't like you to attend? <laughs> they just want to use your birthday so they could enjoy the big party. You know, I think there's a disconnection with what we do at Christmas in our time from what really took place surrounding the birth of Christ. Think of the light around that manger. You know, I'm imagining that light is just coming from maybe a wood burning or maybe a candle or maybe a lamp, a small lamp compared to the Christmas lights that being sold in our time. We have dancing lights. We have circling lights, swirling lights. You know, in the Philippines, they, they uh, sell this beautiful star with these beautiful different colors of lights, right? And, you know, there are houses now that are decorated with so many lights that they look like a spaceship. <laughs> Even you can see so clear the insects flying around at their front yard. Think of Santa's sleigh pulled by flying reindeers. They're saying they picture the angels during that, you know, the shepherds when, when they saw those uh, angels and multitude of hosts. How did that happen that angels become reindeers? You know, think of the calmness around the manger in Bethlehem that night compared to the Christmas celebrations that we have now. So loud, so noisy because of the music, the dancing, and the people who are drunk. You know, it is so easy to get distracted with the fuzz and buzz of Christmas and forget about the reason for the season. Therefore, I would say it is very important to know how to prepare our hearts for the celebration of Christmas. Don't worry, I only have one point. How are we going to do that? Reflect on the reason why Jesus came. So that's the answer. Are you ready for Christmas? What do you do when you reflect? You remind yourselves, right? You think deeply or carefully about something that you desire to know or understand. 
You contemplate or think ahead of what you're going to do. Think of the reasons why you do what you're going to do. For us not to miss the Christ of Christmas, we must continually reflect why he came. You know, someone missed Christmas on Christmas in the New Testament. Have you met him? King Herod. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, take note, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. I would like you to underscore that. Herod was troubled. All Jerusalem was troubled. Herod was informed about the king of the Jews. And he was very upset. Meaning troubled. He was paranoid. You can imagine Herod saying, what do you mean king of the Jews? I am the king of the Jews. He was not willing to share his kingship to anyone. Herod may be thinking, if there's another king, that would mean less power for me, less popularity, and it would even mean death for him. So he devised a plan and lied to the wise men in Matthew chapter 2, verse 7 to 8, verses 7 to 8. And this is what the Bible states when then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men and required of them diligently what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again. Take note now, take note, the lying Herod, that I may come and worship him also. So what happened after that? In verse 12, it states that the wise men returned to their country by another road, right? Since God had warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. So when Herod realized that the wise men from the east had tricked him, he was furious. So what happened in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16? He ordered to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its neighborhood who were two years old and younger, thinking that Jesus will be one of them. You know, Herod did not only miss Jesus Christ on Christmas, but became the agent of death and a madman. As an application, you see, it is so easy to miss Christ on Christmas if we decide to be our own king. It is a contradiction to believe that Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but making ourselves our own king. You know, like Herod, we are not willing to have two kings in our hearts. It is okay to acknowledge Jesus as king, Jesus as Lord, as long as 
He is only in the vicinity, you know. We are the true kings of our life. You see, we can easily miss Christ on Christmas if we let the food be the king of Christmas. If we let the expensive gifts be the king of Christmas. If we let the Christmas lights, the Christmas tree be the king of Christmas. If we let the party be the king of Christmas. If we let, if you let your loneliness be the king of Christmas because you live by yourself. By the way, take note that it was not only King Herod that was troubled or upset that day. Because the verse states, all Jerusalem. You see, this can picture some of the attitudes of the segments of our society right now. The government glazed Christmas by saying, happy holiday, instead of merry Christmas. Other segments of our society acknowledge the celebration of Christmas, but not the Christ of Christmas. Take note of the verse in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know, many like the peace on earth, goodwill toward men, but they don't want to give glory to God. You see, we cannot have real peace and goodwill toward men if we are not willing to recognize or acknowledge the Christ of Christmas. Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's the reason for the season speaking. That's the person of Christmas. Also, take note the chief priests and scribes missed Jesus Christ on Christmas. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 4 to 6, and when he Herod had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, okay, of the people together. He demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet about, alam nila, the scribes and the prophets, I mean, chief priests, know the prophecy about the person of Christmas. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For art, or out of thee shall come a governor, meaning leader or ruler, that shall rule my people Israel. That's the prophecy. And they know it. So we see here the chief priests and scribes Knew the Pharisee, but never went to Bethlehem to check it out. You know, they could have gone with the wise men, you know, and check the king. Who is this king of the Jews that was prophesied, that they know it? You see, what is the benefit, you know, of being expert of Bible prophecy if we do not believe it? What is the benefit of diligently reading the Bible and missing the Redeemer? 
Many claim the Bible to be the word of God, but missed to discover the claim of the word. You know, Jesus said in John 5, 39, Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which, what? Testify of me. You know, I would say this, many are scholars of the word, but do not want to serve the living word. Think of the consequence of being able to quote scriptures, you know, memorize verses, but miss to establish a personal relationship with the Lord. You know, it is, it is better to know less, but have Jesus as your Savior, but to know more, but you don't have him as your Lord and Savior. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 2 to 3. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. At least the priest and the scribes, right? But if any man love God, here's the key. The same is known of him. You may not know everything about Jesus, but loving him as Savior and Lord is the key to everything in a Christian's life. Yes, Jesus is the reason to celebrate on Christmas, but sad to say, many do not want him in their celebration. But it is not all bad news. It is not all bad news. Because we have the beautiful story of the shepherds. You know, the shepherds were the first group of people who received this message of good news. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 11, right? And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now take note of that part, for unto you is born this day. You know, we should not misinterpret that because that does not mean that Jesus was created. He had a heavenly pre-existence. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, we're so familiar with these verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ is God who chose to be in the flesh and be born that day. Take note of verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is called the incarnation. A word which means in the flesh. You know, I'm not a scholar and I cannot explain in details what incarnation really is. That's why I would rather go with the simplest uh, explanation of it. Meaning, in the flesh. All right? Jesus Christ, the eternal, all-powerful, and all-knowing creator, came to earth in the flesh. 
And this is what Paul, he echoed it in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8, where he said, Who in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and became took form of a servant. And uh, where's my verse here? Okay, hold on. I lost, I lost my, my mind here. But made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And then it follows, and being found in fashion as a man. Take note now, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Are you familiar with the song, Down From His Glory? I still vividly remember Sister Maggie, the mother of our pastors. She sang this song in our church. It's written by William Booth with his friends uh, Kapua, Mazuchi, and Kapuro. And I'd like to try to sing it. Down from his glory, ever living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger, to his own a stranger. A man of sorrows, tears, and agony. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. Why would God do such a thing? Why would he come as a baby Instead of, you know, appearing in power and majesty. Why make himself a true man and live among us when he knew full well how terribly he would be treated? You know, I will let the Bible speak to us why Jesus came. And take note, most of these verses came from Jesus' lips. Number one. Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. John 18, 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, take note of this question, art thou a king then? Remember the, the wise men asking Herod, where is the king of the Jews? Now Jesus here affirmed the answer to that question. Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. 
and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth, even one that is of the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And I believe you heard the truth because you are here tonight. Number two, Jesus came to preach about deliverance. He came to preach about the gospel of the kingdom. He came to preach about uh, recovering. He came to preach about liberty. In Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Number three, Jesus came to save the lost. That's one of our texts. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, if Jesus came to serve and to save, I would rather say, and I pray, that each one of us will remind ourselves that, Chris, that we can say during Christmas, we are saved to serve. And that's one of the beautiful preaching of Pastor Sam during Sundays. Number four, Jesus came to save the sick. Mark 2.17, Jesus saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, the diagnosis of the greatest physician is this. We are sick because of the sin virus. And if it's not addressed, then it will result to death, physical and spiritual. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But God prescribed us with the ultimate and heavenly medicine in the person of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why in Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Number five, Jesus came to save sinners. The message of Christmas is this, Matthew 1, 21, And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name, what? Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Number six. Jesus came to save, not to condemn. John 3, 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Last but not the least, Jesus came to give eternal life. John 6, 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live, what? Forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Of course, this is symbolical, okay? Don't take it literally. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Again, it is impossible to miss Christ on Christmas if we know the reason why he came. As my conclusion, 
as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, we must not forget our mission as well. Our mission is to share the, to people that God's Son came in human form, that we might understand from where we have come, for what reason we were separated, and how we could be restored to God. In Romans 5.10, For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, take note, we shall be saved by His life. Christmas is not about empty promises of material gifts. Christmas is about a fulfilled promise of restored relationship between God and humankind through Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and take a moment to reflect the message tonight. If you are listening tonight, and for those who will be watching maybe in the future, and those who are tuned in. If you are listening tonight and you do not know why you are celebrating Christmas, why not discover the reason for the season? The reason for the season is Jesus Christ, the person whose birth we are celebrating every Christmas. Don't miss him this Christmas. You can pray like this, Lord Jesus, I don't want to miss you this Christmas. I believe that you are the reason for the season. I believe you came to save me from my sins. Please forgive me of all my sins and I will now accept you as my Lord and Savior. I would like to celebrate my Christmas this year knowing that I have a personal relationship with you. In your name I pray. Amen. For the believers, as we prepare our hearts to celebrate this Christmas, in the midst of the fuzz and festivities of Christmas, let us not forget to take time and reflect or contemplate on the reason why Jesus came. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, that there are so many things to distract us about celebrating Christmas and help us, Lord, not to fall victim into this. Help us, Lord, to focus on the Savior and to declare His name, Lord, during Christmas without any hesitation, given the opportunity. Give us the boldness and courage, Lord, to proclaim, especially in this platform, that more and more can listen Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and privilege of doing that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.